Hey, good morning, and welcome to a verse, a comment, a prayer, a blessing. I've been on a little bit of a break since um, um, October, uh, but trying to get us kind of back into a little bit of a rhythm here as we enter into Advent season. Um, Yesterday, November 27th, was the beginning of Advent, and what I want to try to do is to use this daily newsletter um, podcast as a way that you can be more intentionally engaged during the Advent season. And so we'll get back to Ephesians uh, in the new year. But what I'd like to do uh, for these next few weeks is reflect upon um, just God's kindness and his love and his grace toward us in Jesus Christ and that our hearts would be full of expectation. Um, So what I'm going to do is each Monday I'm going to post Um, the sermon video from uh, the day before, which is based upon one of the uh, lectionary readings regarding Advent. Uh, So it's following the church calendar a little bit. And uh, then on a daily basis, I'm going to read through and maybe offer, maybe sometimes not offer, some thoughts on the passages that are related to the, the scripture that I preached on the, the Sunday before. <clears throat> you don't necessarily have to listen to the sermon before, um, but it may help you kind of get some, um, see some of the, the, the themes and how they build together. So um, if you're wondering, what are these daily readings doing? I'm just going to read you what uh, uh, has been told to me about these daily readings. Um, so these daily readings expand the range of biblical reading and worship and personal devotion by providing daily citations for the full three-year cycle of the Revised Common Lectionary. These readings uh, complement uh, the Sunday and festival readings. Um, Thursday through Saturday readings help prepare the reader for the Sunday ahead. Monday through Wednesday readings help the reader reflect on and digest what they've heard. So, uh, in heard and worship. So, these passages that we're looking at today uh, are reflections, expansions upon really kind of what I preached on yesterday, which is this hope, this expectation uh, of God's deliverance among his people. So, you can find this in the show notes, um, but we're going to be looking at Psalm 124, Genesis 8, 1 through 19, and then Romans 6, 1 through 11. And I'm going to be reading from the New International Version, and I'll tell you where we break, and I may make some comments here and there, but that's really what we're going to try to do. And so these may be a little bit longer, um, but it's going to be hopefully more um, scripture. You may hear me sipping my coffee uh, through it, so uh, pretty informal, just be aware, be aware. So let's look at Psalm um, 124. This is a song of a sense. And uh, it's of David. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive. When their anger flared against us, the flood would have engulfed us and the torrent would have swept us away. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So that's Psalm 124. Uh, if you're looking for a really good um, commentary and reflection upon 
um, Psalm 124, I would encourage you to read uh, Eugene Peterson's um, uh, really helpful commentary type book working through uh, Psalm 124. Uh, I believe it's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, which is his reflections upon this discipleship um, mode. But really, as, looking, as we're looking at Psalm 124, it reminds us that the passage um, that I preached on out of Isaiah 2, 1 through 5, Isaiah 2, 1 through 5, encouraged the people to put their trust upon the Lord, to hope in Him, and to um, uh, walk in the light of the Lord, to trust Him and not put their trust in other things. So Psalm 124 um, uh, reinforces that as well. All right, so now let's look at Genesis 8, 1 through 19. It's a little bit longer passage. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water had gone down. And on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month. And on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After 40 days, Noah opened a window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven. And it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could not find uh, could find nowhere to perch because the waters overall uh, water had still covered the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and he brought it back into the ark, uh, brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time the dove did not return. By the first day of the first month of Noah's 601st year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife, and your children and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all creatures that move along the ground, so that they can multiply on earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and on the birds and all the birds, everything that moves on, uh, on the land came out of the ark one kind, um, after another. So what is this relationship here? Well, Genesis eight is a story of God's deliverance of Noah and his family. And it's another example of why God deserves to be praised for his, his mercy. Now, Keep in mind, it's mercy in the context of judgment because God did judge the inhabitants of the earth whose thoughts were uh, always evil only. I believe it is, as Genesis 6 says. Um, yet it, it, God God held open uh, a time of, of repentance and a, an opportunity for all those people to call upon him, but they chose um, they chose not to. They they, they mocked uh, Noah for the message that he 
proclaimed and they were judged accordingly because they did not put their trust in the Lord. But for those that did put their trust in the Lord, they were carried safe through um, these judgment waters. One of the other things that's interesting to note about Genesis 8 is how um, we don't really find um, God speaking to Noah until after kind of, I don't want to say a time of testing, but there's a sense in which as Noah is assessing the circumstances, uh, we don't see God speak to him to come out of the ark until verse 15. And so there's a, you can notice there's a daily faith that has to be exercised by Noah uh, where he's trusting that God's going to provide. He's doing his part, but recognizing that ultimately um, the time, um, is in God's hands. So if and when it'll be time for him to come out, uh, God will make that known. And so Noah is uh, reflecting upon the faithfulness of God and trusting him and uh, not testing him, but, but, but seeing where uh, they're at in the context of um, God's plan for them and the rest of the world. Uh, so that that's part of the way that Romans, 8, I mean, sorry, not Romans 8, but Genesis 8, reminds us of this theme of God um, and his trustworthiness and that he would bring about peace and prosperity on earth in his time, in his way. All right, finally, let's look here at Romans 6, 1 through 11. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him and a resurrection life like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. All right, so what does this have to do with with either of these? Well, I think that it takes these themes of being overwhelmed by a flood. So you see that theme in Psalm 124, the flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have slept over us. The raging waters would have swept over us if it had not been for the Lord God on our side. Genesis 8 is a, is a picture of that. So then when you come to Romans 6, uh, one of the things we have to understand is, is that oftentimes baptism um, was tied to this idea of the ark. You even see this in First uh, Peter three, I believe it's eighteen through twenty-two, where we, we we talk, we see this idea of of passing through the waters um, unscathed, 
And so one of the things that we note here is that baptism is a figure of passing through the judgment waters of God. But because we are safely in Christ, uh, we are raised again. We, we make it through because Christ himself is our, he's our ark. He's, he's the one that bears us and brings us safely through um, God's uh, uh, justice um, toward our sin and his righteousness. So what these verses remind us of this morning as we reflect upon the hope that we have to have and the peace that we need that comes only from uh, uh, God through Christ by the Spirit is um, is only going to be found uh, uh, in, in Christ and not the things of this earth and not the things that we can that we can um, achieve in our own strength. And so uh, I would just remind us this morning as we're closing and we'll close in prayer that uh, our hope in life and death is Christ alone. And we ought to reflect that in the way that we live, the way we speak, and the way that we encourage others as well. So uh, it's kind of an extended daily Advent reading, and I, uh, I hope that I will have the stamina to do this every day throughout the course of Advent season, if not for you, but just for my own soul. Uh, and so I would encourage you to reflect upon this, share this uh, resource with others, um, subscribe, which is free. Subscription just means you're in the you're in the mailing list. Then also take some time to take a look at uh, the YouTube videos that are related to this, um, as it comes to reflecting upon um, this this Advent season. So uh, let me pray for us, and then uh, I encourage you to have a wonderful day. Lord, I thank you for um, bringing us safely through, uh, Lord, because of Christ. And we, we, we praise you, Lord, and we thank you. I pray that this morning, as we prepare our hearts, or whenever people are listening to this, Lord, you would use it for their good, and that you would be glorified in it. Uh, I pray, Lord, that we would reflect upon um the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we give you all the praise. Lord, all the glory. It's in your son's holy name we ask and pray. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining me this morning. And I look forward to our time together this month.